Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the podcast here on ClavesOnline.com. I'm Mike Claiborne, and our guest today is the president of baseball operations for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's John Mozalak, and obviously, as we get closer to what we think the season may look like, uh, we thought it'd be a good time to catch up with him. Now, granted, there are a lot of things that we still don't know, but when it comes to the organization and its direction, I thought it would be a good idea to maybe talk to the guy who's obviously been at the table for a lot of things on what's taking place and maybe some things we can look to down the road as we're still trying to figure this whole thing out. So when we come back, we'll have a chance to visit with Mo and get his thoughts on a few things. We thank you for listening, and we'll be back after we take this time out. Munganass St. Louis Acura would like to extend a huge thank you to our healthcare workers and first responders by offering them several service specials, including a free interior detail cleaning. You can call them today to make your appointment and let them help you while you are helping our community. Find them online at stlouisacura.com or give them a call 314-822-2872 for Munganass St. Louis Acura. We love talking to the president and chairman of Ameren, Illinois. He is Richard Mark. Emergency Operations Center acts as kind of a central command center, and everything is dictated from there. They tell the crews that are out in the field where to go, where the main breakers are to go to to de-energize the line, and then they verify that that line is closed, and they're able to tell five, six, seven hundred people that are working out in the field exactly where to go to make the proper repairs to get our system back on in a storm situation. First of all, John, I hope you're safe and I hope you have found something to do because I don't think we signed up for such a down period as far as uh, activity within the game of baseball. Well, like everybody, you're adjusting to to the new normal and and trying to find a way to get uh, through your days. Um, They do become a bit groundhoggy in the sense of – you feel like it's a little bit of a rinse and repeat every day, but you know, for the most part, have been busy, um, staying active, working on different modeling to try to understand what our future may look like. And, and so from a work standpoint, I feel like I'm very engaged, um, but not having the ability to do what, what we you know used to call normal is something that I think we all miss, but my fingers are crossed that hopefully we get back to baseball. Aside from patience, what what have you continued to take away from this ordeal that, A, will help you be better at what you do, but also gives you kind of a little bit of a blueprint on what the future may hold? Well, you know, one word that comes to mind is creativity, because when you're when you're sitting at home and you're you're trying to think about how to what what what's next, if you will, um, you know, trying to make sure that that we understand that what we used to think was regular or normal is going to have to change. And so understanding what that looks like, whether that's from how you think about office spacing to how you think about locker spacing to how you think about training in your weight room to um, standing around the cage. And so there's all these little things that you start thinking about that you're like, huh, how's that going to look or how's that going to work? And so you know, just taking, trying to take notes on that and, and making sure that at the end of the day, I aggregate those thoughts. And, and ultimately, um, you know, as I talk with other members of the organization and what they're dealing with and what they're thinking about, um, it, it is keeping us busy, but I mean, there is, we're not able to do our job right now. Right. And, and so things have changed in that regard. And so 
a lot of the people that I work with are, are in a more dormant state, if you will. And so, you know, I think everybody's hoping that in the next couple of weeks we get some good news and, and baseball is going to be played. And even when we get that good news, it's, it's not business as usual. And so that's what we're trying to anticipate and work on and, and prepare for. You know, you, you mentioned facilities. And I want to go back to a couple of things. One, I know that you guys had plans on the board to maybe do some things differently in Jupiter for that facility. Uh, how much are things going to change or will you see things changing now that we, we're dealing with the, the virus? And how much will that change in your thinking on that or are you beyond that point? And, and also, you know, there's so many lives that are in limbo when it comes to the minor leagues, um, especially this year. And what do you see it? for the foreseeable future, because we're seeing a lot of different things unfolding. You've got minor league kids in your organization that aren't playing and neither is anyone else, but how do you see things going down the road, especially for that level and also for your facilities, certainly uh, in Jupiter, but maybe here in St. Louis as well. So yeah, let's just touch on the Jupiter question first in terms of, of what that looks like and what that means. I think, Right now, there's there's a lot of questions, and there's more questions than answers when it comes to what's next down there. Uh, we are hopeful that at some point we can look to renovate that building and, and get it to where we feel is, is in a modern state for, for training and, and really um, not only for our spring training site, but 12-month-a-year development. So that is something that, that's ongoing, but at this point, still more questions than answers. And then you asked about the minor leagues, and what's happening with those players right now. And, you know, unfortunately there's still a lot of questions whether minor league baseball will be played or not. Um, it's ultimately not our decision on that. That's something that uh, minor league baseball is going to have to answer. I imagine um, as major league baseball tries to figure out where it's going to end up, you should get some feedback on what's going to happen in the minor league soon. But, bottom line is this year is, is going to end up being a lost year for a lot of people in their development. And, and so trying to figure out what that looks like and, and maybe how we can make up for that is something that internally we talk about a lot, but you always have to remind yourself right now we have no revenues. And so in terms of looking at, at getting practice time or, or field time for minor league players at some point is going to be tough because um, you know, those are, those are not investments that maybe we're going to be able to make this year because of our financial situation. But as we start to understand our economics and where we're going and what that looks like, once we're able to decide what's going to happen at the major league level, then maybe we can react and determine, you know, maybe what uh, a couple months of instructional league might look like if we're able to do it, where we would do it and really what time of year we would do it. So, as you can see, I, I ask more questions to myself when I'm speaking <laughs> than I'm even answering, and, and that sort of shows you what we deal with day in and day out. You know, we, we talk about what the future may hold, and I know there have been a lot of things thrown on the board with regard to rosters when we do start to play, and the, the, the term taxi squad has been used quite a bit. You know, you're trying to develop players as well. We just touched on that. That's going to be a real challenge to try and develop those players who have ascended to being part of what we would call a taxi squad and, and trying to get them the at-bats, the innings, and the other things that they're going to need to continue to develop because they're going to be the future of your organization. And some organizations may not be in as good of a situation as you are going to be. So what sort of plans, if you've developed any, that will give you that chance to, to get these kids the, the work that they're going to need? 
Well, needless to say, we have a, a lot of different options or, or ideas that we could potentially do. Um, it's, it's hard to answer that question again until we understand exactly what the roster makeup will look like and what the taxi squad number would look like, and then also the reserves. In other words, um, there is some talk about having somewhere between you know, 10 and 20 players that you could have working out at a nearby facility or, or within the region mitigate travel as best you can. And those, those players, you would be able to do inner squads, get them there at bats, try to keep them as fresh as possible, but there would be no games for them other than what you're able to create um, internally. And so, you know, balancing an insurance type of protection type player versus a prospect that you need to have get some work is going to be that, that fine line. And whatever number they end up with, that's going to be uniform. So it's not going to be optional. It's not like St. Louis can have 30 players come and Kansas City Royals can only have five. It's going to be something where all 30 clubs are subject to the same numbers and you manage it accordingly. So, you know, my, our group right now is, is trying to think about, you know, who best to protect in terms of getting that work, who needs it the most, and, and then balancing that off with also what a potential instructional league might look like and when we may have that. So, as I said earlier, there's just a lot more questions and answers, but you know, it's it's a lot of things that are we're thinking about, and and we certainly don't want to have this year just be a complete loss for everybody. But understanding um, everybody's in the same boat. President of Baseball Operations, John Mozalak, is our guest, and you know, when we talk about uh, time down, and I'm sure you and your staff have thrown countless things on the board as far as options are concerned, or how to do this and how to do that. How much do you think this is going to restructure your organization as you know it today, not just with the players, but just how things are going to be done logistically? Because that's that's an element we don't talk enough about the getting things done other than the game itself. Well, I think most fans come down to the ballpark. They see the game. They appreciate the talent on the field, but they don't really see what's happening behind the scenes. And, and so a lot of that is, is where we spend a lot of our energy, especially right now, trying to, to make sure that, that players are still engaged, players are getting their work in right now. And so Schilte and his staff have been really doing yeoman's work on that and, and doing that with our performance department and our medical department to make sure that everybody's sort of on cue. So when we, we do get the opportunity to hit the go button, we're not, we're not starting from scratch. So that's been fairly perpetual in terms of, of what we've been asking our staff to do and working with our players. And for the most part, you know, everybody's in, been engaged. Everybody has been working very hard on that. And so when, when ultimately we are able to do baseball, hopefully we're not having to, to waste time playing catch up. And, you know, I have had some discussions with some of our players over the last week or so, and I know a lot of them are just anxious to get going again but in the meantime they're doing everything they can to prepare and they're very excited to to get that opportunity to get going again and i guess i would compare it to sort of late january early february type of mentality where guys are starting to throw bullpens at you know 75 percent effort um you have hitters that are starting to see as much live hitting or or you know hitting in cages as as much as possible so as restrictions are lifted and things like Jupiter open up a little bit more, things like Bush Stadium open up a little bit more, 
we can start to demand a little bit more on the baseball side of things for our players. And um, they've been extremely receptive to it. And I can tell you, they would probably like to be doing more than what they're actually getting an opportunity to do. But we're trying to follow the rules, both by city, state and federal and, and try to uh, follow the CDC recommendations as, as uh, best we can. How much dialogue do you have and maybe baseball, or I'll just start with you. How much dialogue do you have with your counterparts within the game of baseball? And have you had a chance to kind of look and see how other sports leagues are trying to do things? And granted, baseball is a lot different than hockey and the NBA. When you look at the calendar, certainly, but you look at the roster size and just the the requirements. But have you had any dialogue with any of those people outside of the game of baseball? So first off, as far as like my peer group, we talk all the time. Um, you know, we have a, a small like text thread set up where can have open lines of questioning and dialogue. So that that's ongoing. And then as far as like, you know, keeping track of what the blues are doing, I do touch base with them as, as often as I can just to hear what they're thinking about, what they're doing. But in terms of like trying to follow other sports and, and getting back to play, you know, everybody, everything's different. Like for anybody who got to watch golf over the weekend and like my trying to explain the handicap system to my daughter and like trying to say like, you know, golf, it's an easier game to get back up and going. Um, you have very little contact with, with your competition. You really don't have to touch anything that's shared versus a baseball. You touch it someone else touches it as it's caught or thrown. And so you're just trying to sort of manage through all these things as you're dealing with COVID-19 that might be a little bit odd. I think it's sort of interesting to hear last week when the CDC said how the, the virus actually transmitted, it might be not so much on what you touch. Um, so that was sort of encouraging as far as the sports worlds go, <laughs> because that, that would definitely be, be helpful. Um, Cause we were originally like, being told, you know, like every reliever is going to have to have his own bullpen bag, his own balls, that kind of thing. Bullpen catcher might have to wear a glove, that, all those things. So, you know, we're, we're, it's ever-changing, and, and how you prepare and how you think about preparation, it's, it's, it can be exhausting in, in terms of, of how we get back to what we perceive as normal. And, and so I think what, the moment we do get the opportunity to get back on that field, everybody's going to have to realize things are a little different. And so you, you know, know, you brought up patience, and one of the things you got to remember, like players are going to have to have that same type of mindset because it's not going to just be normal. That's John Mozalak. I'm Mike Claiborne. Stand by. We've got more coming up, uh, a few more things to address. We hope you'll stick around for it. This is Claibs Online. I'm Mike Claiborne. The podcast continues after we take this time out. Are you in the market to purchase a new or used vehicle? Munganass St. Louis Acura is here to help. Check out all of their inventory at stlouisacura.com. They'll bring the car to you, and they can also complete the entire process without you having to leave your home. Contact them today at stlouisacura.com. When you think about electricity and natural gas, how many natural gas customers do you have in the state? 816,000 gas customers in the state of Illinois that we serve. That's so, a big number. It is. It's a it's a big number and big responsibility. You know, we don't take that lightly and uh, you know, it's uh it's a privilege to serve the customers in the state of Illinois and our and me and my coworkers, you know, we take that very seriously. So if you think about the state of Illinois, anything but pretty much Chicago and the Chicago suburbs is served by Amron, Illinois. 
And so our service territory is actually uh, 44,000 square miles. It's bigger than the state of Indiana. That's a lot of coverage. And so when you think about coverage and we think about sources of energy, most people think of Ameren, Illinois for electricity, but natural gas is a major player in what you do. Yes, it is, uh, Mike. You know, natural gas, we, you know, like you said, Ameren, a lot of people think electricity, but Ameren, Illinois is made up of three companies that all had natural gas before, and those combined companies are a top 25 gas utility in the nation. We have over 18,000 miles of pipeline throughout the state, 12 uh, storage fields, and uh, 1,250 miles of transmission lines that serve our customers. That's, that's a lot of property and a lot of coverage. So give me some of the uses for natural gas and some of the things it's being used for other than maybe being on a gas grill. Yeah, so I, you know, the easiest way for me to describe that is, uh, you know, I built a house about 10, 12 years ago. So I have a gas furnace. I have a, it heats my home, obviously. I have a gas water heater. I have a natural gas dryer. I have a gas stove for cooking my food and oven. I also have a gas uh, fireplace, which also serves as a little furnace for my living room. And I have a gas grill, as you mentioned, for cooking my food. So I got six appliances in my house that run on natural gas. So you're covered with gas, or in this case, cooking with gas. Yeah, I'm you're cooking with, with gas, gas, right. You know, in this situation also, when we do get back to playing, you know, baseball is always talked about as being the marathon. You know, it's never a sprint. Well, when we do come back, it's going to be a sprint. Uh, how much will that change the approach and how the organization will go about things as far as, you know, if, if a guy's playing well or if he isn't playing well? And also, where does that fall into the play when it comes to transactions? Is there going to be a different set of rules on transactions should you elect to make some? My guess is there'll have to be a hybrid version of, of transactions because of, of the length of season, what that looks like what the IL looks like this year, what the, is there going to be a 60 day IL or not? So in terms of like just rules, there's going to be a lot of things that have to be adjusted for the, depending on the length of season. So I think, you know, once you're able to sort of cross that economic bridge that, that needs to be dealt with between the PA and and baseball, then there's a, a lot of different things that I would you know, really argue or, or discuss as logistics of what needs to be then agreed upon. But there's going to be some things that, that, you know, might not think that's that important until you realize how important those types of rules are. And so um, there is a group chat on that as well. And, and so I think, you know, once, uh, once we sort of get the green light to sort of push that one through a little bit more, there'll be a, a much more uh, public discussion on what that looks like. As we wrap up things with John Mazalak, there, there are a lot of things that have gone on since we saw each other in March. Um, for you, what do you miss most? And also, what are you more, what are you smarter about right now, other than learning about COVID 19? What's the one thing you've come away with that you feel like you're a little bit more up to snuff on? Well, interesting. What do I miss most? I think it's just interaction with people. Like, um, at first when everybody started jumping on those, those, uh, zoom meetings and all that, I was kind of like, ah, it's kind of silly. And now I (laughs) prefer a zoom meeting versus a telephone call because it's like, I get to see someone and, and, um, that that's just sort of fun to have that interaction that shows you just how little like FaceTime you're really having with people outside, maybe your, your house. And so, 
Um, I definitely miss the people I worked with, and uh, that even goes for someone like you, Michael. And then, <laughs> and then, as far as like what have I learned in all of this? I think really it's it's more of just appreciation for the complexity of what individuals were doing for this organization and what they meant to it. And so taking a much deeper dive in, in what's happening, like from the medical side, from the performance side to the coaching side, and, and really having much more empathy for what they're going through and what they're dealing with. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's, been quite eye-opening and, and something that uh, obviously moving forward, I'll have much more appreciation for what all of these people are doing. And, and I actually miss you too. It, it's been a struggle. Oh, I, you know, <laughs> I don't I don't, you know, I don't know if we'll be able to hug and embrace when we do see each other, but just, just know that I feel that way about you when I do see you. So I think uh, it's the elbow touch. There, yeah. That, I think that's the way we're going to be doing that for the rest of our lives, which is okay by you because you're not the, the most touchy feely guy in the first place before this whole thing broke out. So this is right up your alley. So this will work out yeah, fine. I think for you. I was actually, uh, <laughs> pre pre like pre engineered for these types of quarantines, so it's like that part hasn't really been that big of a bother yeah. for me. Yeah, you know, folks. If anybody didn't know, germaphobe was always associated with John Mozalak. So uh, this is you know this is something. This is a comfort zone for him, and basically proving the fact that he was right and the rest of the world had been on the wrong course for so many years. So that that's a good thing. <laughs> As I joke with Julie, my wife, I always like she's always like you've got to be like feeling a lot better about the world. I'm like, I do. I mean, at least I know people are washing their hands for like 20 seconds instead of doing nothing. So yeah, I think between hand sanitizers and, and hygiene practice, I do feel better about the world. And you know what? You got that one right. So I commend you for it and I tip my cap. Ladies and gentlemen, he's John Mozalak, and we always thank him for his time. And Mo, uh, in all seriousness, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do. And I know Cardinal fans are as well and just trying to keep people informed. And, and you've been very transparent about this and being, and also the fact of saying, hey, if I don't know, I don't know, instead of leading people down a, a path that they get disappointed in. So I appreciate that and certainly your leadership with you and Bill and everybody else is trying to do to keep fans informed and, and making sure that this is a, a transition that we can all work with together. So we thank you for that as well as your time. And, and I'm serious. I can't wait to see you at some point. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. And I agree. I hope I see you sooner rather than later. That's John Mosellock. Always good to visit with him. Uh, one thing, as I mentioned to him, he's a transparent guy and, uh, he has not tried to give us something that we didn't need to know. So I appreciate him taking the time to visit with us. And as I'm I'm serious, folks, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm looking forward to seeing just about anybody right about now. And uh, But more importantly, we thank you for listening today. We appreciate your time. We continue to give you the best of what we have, and we appreciate your support. And don't forget to support our sponsors, of course. Whether it's Ameren, Illinois, certainly uh, our good friends from Munganass, Acura, Fast Daddy's Bonaire is back in business starting on Friday. You don't want to miss out on that. And certainly all the other good people who have been part of what we do, Bespoke, and uh, some other great people that we have certainly been part of. And we thank you for being part of it as well. So for all of our crew here, we thank you for listening to another edition of the podcast here on ClavesOnline.com.